Imagine my going into research and making important discoveries. No one could have predicted the arc of my career. No one could have seen me rise to head a major research effort. And certainly, no one could have foreseen the war of words in which I became embroiled, let alone held out much hope that I could ever beat the establishment. One of the fundamental discoveries I made about myself— early enough to make use of it, was that I am driven to seize life and to understand it. The motor that pushes me is propelled by more than scientific curiosity. For many years I've been trying to make sense and meaning out of the lives I saw destroyed or maimed due to the government policies that involved us in the war in Vietnam. I have struggled to understand the deaths of two men who were briefly under my care, an eighteen-year-old who should not have been alive at all as a result of his wounds, and a thirty-five-year-old who should have survived, but gave up. Decades later, with the benefit of hindsight, perhaps it was inevitable that such experience would have compelled me to understand life in its most intimate detail. Although the two men were ultimately victims of war, the manner of their dying has remained with me. I had witnessed the power of the human spirit, which can be stronger than any drug. There are still so many questions to answer about the workings of the human body and, most mysterious of all, how it is influenced by our state of mind. By facing such basic questions, I was transformed during my short time in Vietnam from a risk-taker who shunned the conventions of the 1960s to one who took a major gamble on a career that was far removed from his upbringing. I willed myself through a junior college to a university and ultimately a Ph.D. I became a scientist, focusing initially on the protein molecules that mediate our responses to adrenaline, and then switching to molecular biology to gain access to the tools that would enable me to read the DNA code that determined the structure of the protein molecules for which I was searching. In this way, I was ultimately led to the biological instructions, the genetic code that the cells use to guide the way proteins are made. My first glimpse of the code of life gave me an appetite to see more. I wanted to look upon the bigger picture, the entire set of genes within an organism, what we call the genome. After nearly a decade of work, I developed new techniques that led me to decode the first entire genome of a living species, and the challenge grew to the ultimate, to sequence the human genome. And what greater challenge than to try to understand one's own life in the context of being the first person in history to be able to gaze upon his own genetic legacy, to focus in detail on those segments regions and genes that provide a genetic context for his own life and his own complex, unique blend of nature and nurture. Although it will take decades to interpret completely what my DNA reveals, I have already made out some hints and whispers of its message. From time to time I will insert passages in the text, which I'll refer to as boxes, containing these insights, which I use to illustrate our current, extremely limited abilities to interpret what the code of my life 
actually means. While the interpretation of DNA is very much a work in progress, and sheds only a weak light on my destiny, we have arrived at a uniquely fascinating point in human history as we develop the ability not only to connect our own existence to our evolutionary past, but, for the first time, to begin to see what the future has in store for us. Still, one of the most profound discoveries that I have made in all my research is that you cannot define a human life, or any life, based on DNA alone. Without understanding the environment in which cells or species exist, life cannot be understood. An organism's environment is ultimately as unique as its genetic code. I suspect many people decide to write an autobiography to help make sense of their lives.